How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Uh, well, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it's taken years, really, of dogged determination, but advocates can take a minute to celebrate a major victory here. Health Canada has okayed blood donations for men who have sex with men. The ban has been tinkered with over the years. It's been changed a number of times, but now uh, Health Canada has said, okay, Here's the green light. Go ahead and do this. So the process begins. It won't be until September. It's expected when the change will actually take place. Um, But having Health Canada say it's okay, we're going to lift this ban is a major, major step. The Prime Minister said yesterday it's sad it took this long, but finally it's been done. We're going to chat now with Dr. Nathan Lachowski, who is an associate professor at the School of Public Health and Social Policy at the University of Victoria. Doctor, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. My pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me. Going back into the history of this, when did this ban first come in? It's been around for decades now, right? Well, unlike COVID, we've been living with HIV for four decades now. And the epidemic has certainly evolved. At the beginning of the HIV epidemic, it took us years to even figure out how to test for it. Um, And so, unfortunately, in our country, we have the history of the blood scandal, where thousands of Canadians unknowingly acquired HIV and hepatitis C through blood transfusions. And following that, um, during a number of additional precautions were put in place to maintain the safety of the blood supply. And so this policy has been in place for a long time. Um, and during it, as you said, it has kind of changed a little bit over time. It went from a lifetime ban to sex in the past five years, to past one year, to now three months. But this is really a fundamental shift with this announcement to a gender-neutral approach, one that will work for um, during all people, and we'll ask everybody questions about sexual uh, activity. So, yeah, the, the, the ban has been lifted. What replaces it, though? It, it's like you say, it's universal screening. It applies equally to everybody. Men, women, doesn't matter. It's the same screening process. Exactly. And, I mean, what was interesting with some of our research we did with blood or with patients who received blood products, um, so you're folks living with hemophilia or sickle cell, um, when we talked to them about this policy, they were shocked that everyone wasn't already asked questions about sexual behavior. They thought, do you know what I mean? Well, surely people are already being asked this. We know in this day and age that to anyone, it doesn't matter on, about your gender identity or your sexual orientation, HIV or sexually transmitted infections can affect anybody. So there was quite a bit of support from that community in terms of doing that. And at the end of the day, those folks who rely on blood products, that's who's at the middle of all of this conversation. It's the most important piece is making sure that those people who rely on blood or doing people like yourself and myself, if there's an emergency and we need a transfusion, we want to make sure that blood is both there, available, and safe. And so what will replace this process is basically asking all donors um, a question, uh, a series of questions about their sexual activities, and during that will determine whether someone's eligible to donate, along with a number of other questions. But for the first time, it won't be based on during the gender of someone and their partners um, and someone's sexual orientation. And, and and the blood still goes through testing. I mean, that's just sort of the first phase of screening, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, because of that history of the blood scandal, we have a lot of precautions put in place. It's not just one strategy. So all blood donations in Canada are tested for HIV and other known infections. And we have one of the safest blood systems in the world. But Canada, like many other countries in the world, still have this discriminatory MSM 
span. And so what's exciting about this change today is we're going to have data to be able to help inform that global conversation and then removing these unnecessary bans. Because at the end of the day... Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And we know the majority of gay men don't acquire HIV in their life. We have decades of behavioral research in the HIV epidemic to tell us that. But we also know from our research with gay men's communities through the community-based research center is that there are the 90% of the community would be willing to donate, which is huge. And that really just reflects the years of being turned away and told no from donation. So we have this opportunity with this change to increase the pool of safe donors. And I also think there could be a ripple effect. We've heard comments before that during straight folks, um, during are concerned about donating because they feel like they might be contributing to the discriminatory system and maybe they have a gay brother or a gay friend or mm-hmm. a gay colleague. And so I think that there's a really important piece here to building a blood system in Canada that is defensible, that is evidence-based, and that isn't discriminatory and treats everyone equally. Uh, doctor, what's the process now? Like Health Canada is given the green light, but we're not going to see it actually implemented until September. What's the process that needs to happen now? Yeah, I always love people's eagerness when they want to be able to go and get right, it. Yeah. And, and I love that. I mean, it speaks to the passion in the community for, for getting in there. We've waited many years, decades for this change. And so it will take several more months. And, and I think that time to prepare for implementation is really important. GDM Blood Services will be updating forms and questionnaires. They'll be training staff at their sites to make sure that when new folks from the LGBTQ community start to come in to donate, that they have a positive experience, that they have an affirming experience. Because what we don't want is for people to come in and everyone to turn someone to have a bad experience and not want to come back and donate. Do you know what I mean? But having donors that come back time and time again to donate is really the bedrock of what creates a sustainable and sufficient blood supply for Canadians so that when we need it, it's there. Um, yeah, exciting. Uh, I, I wanted to ask, are we sort of, like you say, we could influence global policy on this by, are, are, we, are we a leader in this? Are we doing this actually, we talk about how long it took for this to happen in Canada, but are we actually sort of one of the first to do it? Yeah, we're unfortunately not the first, so I think it's good that we temper some of that, yeah, uh, that yeah. excitement per se, but we're definitely one of the early countries. There's a number of countries still in the world that have this MSM-specific ban. And there are other countries that we've looked for. The United Kingdom uh, before us just made this change quite recently. So what we're hoping is that this does provide additional evidence to those global conversations for those other countries to be able to have what they need to overturn these bans and to take a more evidence-based approach to screening. Doc, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. That's Dr. Nathan Lachowski, Associate Professor, School of Public Health and Social Policy at University of Victoria. has been working on this file for a very long time, as many people have. 
Um, it's taken a long time to get to this point. Um, but I think, you know, the important message here is we're, we're at a point now where it doesn't need to be done with um, the kind of things that we were doing before, if that was ever effective. And there's some argument as to whether or not it was. I mean, some of the behavior that they're screening for, why they assume that that only happens between gay men is a little bizarre. Um, but okay, here we are. Now this ban has been lifted and we're at a situation where, you know, we're going to rely on scientific testing around this, right? I mean, it's not like we learned, um, you know, uh, with the blood scare back in the 1990s, which was awful, uh, uh, the changes that were made around that time. Uh, I think we learned a lesson at that point that uh, we need to do a better job making sure that the blood supply is safe. So, you know, there's all kinds of testing. There's all kinds of things that go into place now. So um, this ban at this point, I don't think really made a whole lot of sense. Uh,